This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are on podcast number three of four in our first Monday of batch recording. And, you know, you got to pick your guest for spot number three in the old four-day batch recording so that they're an energy boost for you to finish off the day. And when somebody comes in and all you have is a black background and a big smile, you can't help but be energized by knowing this is the person you're going to have a conversation with for the next few minutes. So I am very happy have Miss Stacy King come on the podcast today. We're going to talk about what she's up to and what she's doing. Stacy and I originally met when she was in her role working with Agency Nation, but we have maintained contact and have begun to build a friendship since that time. And I just wanted to honestly kill two birds with one stone. I'm being nosy and want to know what's going on, but I also know there's a lot of other people out there who knew of her work at Agency Nation and probably want to know what the story is and how they can find more Stacy now. So, Stacy, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's weird to be on this side of the, <laughs> the camera with you. I always say that too because there's been there's so many times like I was on a podcast with actually the guy we're interviewing after you last week and it just it had been a while since I'd been on anybody else's podcast. So it's always kind of weird when you're asked the questions, especially since we ask so many, I feel like there's really nothing anybody could ask me that nobody has heard already, but they always find, they always find stuff. I'm a talker anyway. So I always tend to volunteer information, even when I'm not asked. So, so we were talking before we got cranked up here, you mentioned the golf pictures behind me and said that you used to take pictures of golfers in college. So tell me how, and, and you didn't play golf, which so like no. to me, that part's interesting of how you would get involved in something like that without being involved in the sport at all. Okay. So a little hindsight, I grew up in Stone Mountain, Georgia. And of course you have Stone Mountain Park right next to in Stone Mountain. And my home, I grew up right down the road from the West Gate of Stone Mountain Park. So of course, as a you know, 16, 17, 18 year old, um, the easiest place to get a job was Stone Mountain Park. So during the summers, 
I would work at the beach as a, you know, lifeguard slash water slide attendant where, you know, we had the water park and it was all fun. You wore a bathing suit all summer and, and it was a great job. And then the rest of the months I would work at the golf course. And so when I first started out, I, I was flipping burgers at the little, the stand where everybody came in to get hot dogs and hamburgers you know, on up. the turn. Yeah. Yes. Halfway up. But then I started talking with the gut, the professional photographer that owned a business out there and, and his name was Jerry and he owned a company called Golf Shot. And of course, you know, being um, a perky blonde who can talk to anybody, he was like, you know, I really need some help out on the course. And I need somebody who can just walk up to people and start talking to them and make them feel at ease. And of course, we also try to pitch a lot of these corporations that are coming out here for golf tournaments on, you know, buying these photography or all these photographs, the group shots and the individual shots in one fail swoop instead of sale, selling them individually. So uh, he recruited me at first just to do sales. <laughs> and so I sat there and I would I would talk to all the golfers as they came up. And then I would talk to the, the head guy of all these corporations that were coming out there for golf tournaments. And I ended up, you know, selling a bunch of pictures. And then over the couple of months that I had had started there, he started slowly teaching me how to take the pictures myself and what a good swing looks like and how to get people on the backswing. And so I would stand at the on the green and just basically as people were coming up, I would take their picture and then we would develop it by the end of the nine and I would have it embossed and ready to go. And I would sell the guy on oh, wow, buying right all there. the pictures right like, there. Okay. So I did that for gosh, four years at Stone Mountain Park. But then also he had a contract with University of Georgia and the Georgia Florida tournament. And we would go to Jacksonville every year. And for a week and a half, I would take pictures nonstop of Vince Dooley back at, because he was, of course, you know, the coach back when I was in college. Yep. And we would take pictures of him with all the various different golfers on the tee. And then we would develop them and give them back as tournament pictures and people could buy them at the various different events. And so it was a lot of fun. Got to know Vince back in the day. He was such a nice guy. He actually introduced me to a guy that tried to hire me for my first job. Wow. So um, that's my, my, my history with golf. So I always say to everyone, I know a really bad swing when I see one, and I know a really good swing when I see one, but I've never actually played golf. <laughs> That's funny. Just don't have the balance for golf. <laughs> That's a <laughs> girl. Well, after, after about four or five transfusions, I don't really either, but... I even have pictures of myself with Martina Navratilova and, and some members of various different hair bands that used to come out and play golf. And I would happen to be working, and I took pictures of them. The Who was out there one time all of the members of the who I got pictures of. Um, gosh, yeah, again, showing my age a little bit, but uh, you know, to have a picture with Martina Navratilova, just me and That's her. Cool. Kind of cool. Yeah. So talk a little bit about sort of your migration at this point, you're out doing your own thing, right? I yeah. know a little bit about what you're doing, but I have a feeling it's just sort of like the old iceberg diagram. There's probably way more below the surface. So what's a normal day look like for you these days? Yeah. So I, I've been out on my own for years. It's just people associate me with various different clients because I, I make sure that, you know, I always put my clients and their brands first. It, it's funny. I told you before we started recording, I am terrible about promoting my own brand. You know, I have two corporations, 
and I have for quite a while. One is, of course, my professional marketing organization, which is Stacy Key and Company LLC. And that under that entity, I have worked with, you know, organizations like, gosh, now uh, Norton Agency. I've worked with all of Norton's subsidiaries in the past. I've worked with Agency Nation for three and a half years, trustedchoice.com, Trusted Choice. I wrote a column in Independent Agent Magazine for a year. I worked with Agentero for a year. You know, so I work alongside all of the different brands, but I don't necessarily promote myself. I, pr- I promote them. And then I have another corporation that I started simply for branding and kind of separating out my podcast of my own personal podcast, which the name is This Wobbly Life. And the Wobbly Girl LLC is that brand. And that is just from an influencer marketing and, you know, just to kind of share with people what my passion is, and that is promoting people with disabilities and how they can, you know, still have wonderful careers and wonderful lives and, and contribute to society. They're no different than anyone else. And so I try to kind of shine light on them through that brand. So that's me. In reference to your horrible balance or? Yes. Yes. (laughs) As a matter of fact, it is. So everybody, I think most people know my story by now. I don't hide it in any sense of the word. Um, You know, I just, I kind of put myself and everything out there, but I have a physical disability and it is a uh, peripheral neuropathy disease called Charcot-Marie tooth disease. Has nothing to do with my teeth. It's just the name of the three doctors that discovered it. And it's CMT for short, is what it's called. And if you follow country music, recently, Alan Jackson announced that he has a disease. It's the same disease that I have. He has known about it for a very long time as well. It's a genetic condition. So I got it from my father. And um, and so I knew my path my entire life. I found out that I had my disease when I was five years old. And it is a progressive disorder where it basically um, kind of kills the nerves in your body. And therefore, the nerves then kind of as they're dying off, that kind of takes your control of your muscles away. And so it shows up in different people in different places. And some people that have the same disease, and even in the same family, one might be really progressed and and have a lot of difficulty and others just mild difficulties. You just never know how it's going to kind of show up. But I'm very much an advocate uh, because, you know, that's been my path my entire life. I knew that this was going to happen. And yes, I'm a wobbly girl because it's kind of hard to balance when you can't feel your feet. And so I use a cane to walk full time. And so now when people meet me, you know, they know instantly that I've got some challenges. So I don't, I don't, you know, hide it at all. Yeah. But I think when you lean into it and I mean, you've built a brand around it at this point. So what better way to bring awareness than to just, look, you're not going to change it, right? Embrace it, move on and bring awareness to it. I mean, you know that I have a special guy at home and it's funny because we're very open with, with everything that Ethan deals with and we share it on social media all the time. And I had a surprise visitor yesterday who came to the house. That's a, a friend of mine, Mr. Troy Thompson from the great state of Minnesota just randomly showed up in my driveway yesterday afternoon. It's so, and so awesome. He, he, it's like, is there anything more Troy Thompson to do than like, we were asking him all kinds of questions because like 
I think Troy's heart is always in the right place, but sometimes he just makes decisions and does things and he doesn't always think them all the way through. And like Annie just starts peppering him with questions. Like, what if we were at Disney today? Right. What if we were at the beach today? Like it's the first thing that popped into my head is you just got you guys being out at Disney for the weekend. That happens on a regular basis. Yeah. And so it's like, wow, you got on a plane from Minneapolis, never told any of us you were coming down, you know. <laughs> We had literally just gotten back from Costco. But anyhow, to the point when Troy was coming to the house, he said, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if I'll be able to pick out their place. I wonder, you know, if it looks like it does in Facebook. And I mean, he pulled in, he goes, he goes, he says, I pulled in, I see your truck. I see toys scattered all over the front yard. And there's Ethan blowing the neighbor's sidewalk. He said, my gosh, it's not fiction. Like it actually is everything that you see. And I said, that's the thing, man. I think that, you know, we, we share everything because I want people to understand that we don't view Ethan as an excuse for not doing anything. We view him as a motivation because if he can work as, as hard to do the things that come normal to the rest of us and he can push and fight and, pull those things off, then what excuse do the rest of us really have? And it was funny just to sort of sit and see how things unfolded over the course of the afternoon, because he got, Troy got to see in real life, what we try and describe every day. And, you know, I think about it all the time. I don't, I don't know that I would be nearly as motivated in life if I didn't have him as my son to be just as honest as I can be. Yes, but it makes you become a, a fierce advocate of people like him and and him in, in particular. And that's kind of who I've chosen to be. You know, um, I think it's it's sad because I grew up in a generation and, and even my father, and I can I can say this with all of my heart, my father had a lot of reservations about me kind of coming out and sharing my story with people because he always felt like, you know, in his generation, you kind of you kept it at, you know, at arm's length and you didn't tell people all of your stuff because again, you didn't want employers to judge you. You didn't want people to not want to hire you for whatever reason. And it all, it, it was kind of that world of shame about it, that you were different, but kind of, you know, again, guarded and worried and not feeling like you could be yourself. And I've just always had a different approach and, you know, I've been wobbly my entire life. It wasn't until probably, I guess, around age 23, after I had my son, I had to start wearing leg braces to balance. And so at that point, you know, it's hot in Georgia. It's, you know, 80, 90 degrees. I've got leg braces on. I'm wearing shorts. I'm walking in the mall. People stop me asking me, what's that on your legs? You know, you, you just start to learn that I'm just going to be me and I can't be anybody different. So why try? Why try to be something that I'm not? And so I, I really started to embrace that. And I think that it's really become a part of who I am. And for my brand and why I kind of embrace it from a brand standpoint is that I have a voice and I'm lucky to be really kind of loud and out there. And I've been in digital marketing, gosh, for going on, you know, 30 years in marketing, then digital marketing, of course, not always digital marketing. But so I have a lot of connections on all of the different platforms that I'm on. And so because I have this voice, I'm able to share that message of 
look, we're no different than anyone else. We just approach life differently. I have to do things a little differently than you might do them. I might have to have assistance from a cane or to hold on to things. When, you know, if I'm going to give a speaking engagement, I make sure that there's, you know, something for me to hold on to so that I don't stand there and go like this the entire time. You know, there's just, there's a whole life out there that I, I feel that people just need to accept people no matter who they are. And this in 2023, if we're all about diversity and, and inclusion, that should be the practice. No matter who you are and what organization that you belong to, you should make sure that everyone feels accepted and able to be themselves. Well, listen, the other thing is I'm connected to you on multiple social platforms, so I have an unfair advantage. But I, I mean, if people were to look at a portfolio of your work, and I'm not just talking about the marketing stuff. You flip houses or at least go in and do complete renos too, right? Like I followed a little bit of that process. I, I, admittedly, I'm not sure if it was the house you're living in or if it was an investment property or whatever, but you just wrapped up some pretty hardcore construction in the recent past, didn't you? Yeah. So that's actually our personal projects. I'm a real... um I like to stay busy and we're empty nesters. So we have a lot of time on our hands. Let's just be honest. Once the kids are out of the house, it's, it's a different world. So, you know, I, decorating has always been a passion of mine. I love putting my mark on different spaces. And so we bought our current home back in 2018 and it's a, it's a ranch out in the country. We live on nine acres and so I've taken every room of this house and redone the whole thing. And I started a, you know, an Instagram about it because again, that's me, Instagram, TikTok. We kind of have put all of our different projects and, and renovation projects for our personal home out on the internet. And then I also um, have bought an investment property this last year. And that's the one I think that you're looking at. We just took a, a 70 year old home and not far from us, which is about, I guess it's about 15 minutes from where we're at, right in downtown Monroe. And it's a rental property that we renovated because it needed a lot of work, but it had some good bones and it turned out really, really cute. And I'm very proud of it. We've got some great renters in there that love it and they're living there and they've got a cute, you know, two cute kids. So I feel good about offering somebody a home that I feel I would feel proud to live in. And that's, that was kind of a personal project of ours. Nice. So back to the back to the more mainstream stuff that you're known for, the marketing and things like that. Yeah. Talk a little bit about you know what you're doing now and what you're looking to do to expand. Yeah. So I've been able to really stay busy after my contract with uh, agent agency Nation was kind of winding down. Again, I continued to write uh, a monthly column for Independent Agent Magazine for a year. And was able to continue that even with working with uh, other clients such as Agentero, uh, worked with them for a year, kind of managing their uh, digital marketing and communications and content marketing in particular. I'll be wrapping that project up pretty quickly. I think I've got one more interview that I owe them that I, I host videos similar to what you do. You know, you interview people, you talk to them, you do live webinars, and then you turn them into podcasts and you turn them into other um, content marketing that you can share on their behalf. And so, um, but I, you know, even after I stop working with clients, I don't ever, you know, in the relationship, I, I really feel like I marry every client that I've ever worked with and we kind of lock arms and, 
we we're cheerleaders and champions for one another and and it's fun and i i make it a big point to stay in contact with all the people that i've worked with in the past i also have a new client that's outside of technically the insurance space but they're still working in this vertical which is for social media management client. They have a really cool SaaS platform that allows agents to be active online um, very simply to keep their agency in front of their client base. So it's you know B2C marketing on their behalf, but then I also run the mar marketing and strategy for this client. I'm working with a nonprofit as well. And so um, I just have fun with it. You know, I'm doing different projects here and there. I do everything from project management, MarTech, you know, marketing technology projects, coming up with how do we automate these systems? How do we make it easier and more accessible for people to be online? And what is the strategy and what does it need to look like? What all does that, you know, encompass? So digital marketing obviously is an ever-moving target. Yeah. If you were to tell people three trends they should be looking at that you think are going to turn into something over the course of the next 12 to 18 months, where would you tell agents to focus their attention? Ooh, um, I don't think that content marketing is ever going away. You know, earned media is huge. You can spend a lot of money on paid media. And yes, there's a place and a purpose for that um, where you need to, you know, do Facebook ads and um, driving leads and driving traffic from a paid perspective. But nothing's ever going to replace good earned media with, you know, organic traffic, making sure that you're staying in front of your current client base and engaging with them. I think that um, employee advocacy programs are definitely something that every organization needs to be looking into, making sure that if you have capital in people, that you really have them kind of create and take on ownership of your brand and working along your marketing team to share what that messaging should be to their own audience. Because again, you're hiring people, they're part of your team. Why not make sure that they have the resources and the understanding of what the marketing team is trying to accomplish and to have them help you with that messaging and being an advocate for your brand. All of your employees, if you're doing a good a good job at company culture should be a brand ambassador for your organization. So I would say, you know, um, employee advocacy for sure. I would also say, you know, AI is not going anywhere at all. You need to learn it. You need to embrace it. I've been working with various different platforms that either have AI built into them or, you know, the newcomers that are coming out now, of course, chat, chat BT, I can't talk today, sorry, chat GPT. And Jasper is another one. You've got a lot of different platforms that you've got to understand what AI can do for you and what limitations it has. You know, chat GPT is only as good as what you can teach it. And as well, I feel personally, you don't ever want to take that human element away from your marketing. Yes, you can have, you know, artificial intelligence to help you to write I guess, uh, to help you to do it more quickly and to help you to be a better communicator. But you don't want to leave it up to AI to do all of your messaging. You want to make sure that you have personality in your messages. You want to make sure that you understand that, that the artificial intelligence understands what your brand is about. So teaching 
AI what your brand stands for, what materials that you think are important, what you want to teach your audience, who your audience is. It's nothing different than in marketing, developing a persona for all of your different entities and teaching it what that means. So I would say AI is the second one. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought that was three. Keep going. Yeah. Well, yes. So AI content marketing and employee advocacy, those are the three. I guess so. What I one thing that I've learned from doing this podcast over the past three years is that our industry seems to be significantly behind in terms of adopting technology, or just I guess agency owners are late adopters. So for those people who may not really understand what you were just talking about, like like where should somebody start if 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 they're if they're so far behind, it can seem overwhelming. What's step number one? Just getting online and being active. You can't really develop any sort of employee advocacy programs or any sort of paid media or anything without understanding A, who your audience is and being in front of them consistently. And I say that there's a lot of agents that feel that the only time they want to be in front of somebody is when they have something awe inspiring to share or that. They um, are trying to sell them something. People don't want to be sold to in 2023. We are living in the you know streaming services world where people don't have to watch commercials if they don't want to. They'll fast forward through that. They I don't want to watch shows anymore that are once a week, right? I want to binge yeah. watch when I yeah. want to watch and how I want to watch. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about nationwide brokerage solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. So, you know, Online presence is no different. You need to be consistent with your messaging, but you also need to be personable. And that goes from not just an individual, but also from a brand. You need to understand who is it that your audience is? How do they like to consume your messaging? And who did they connect with and why? And start kind of, you know, sharing messaging that gives them your personality in little bits and pieces. And it doesn't always have to be something that's amazing. It could just be, you know, sharing content that you've come across and rewriting that. I'm big on, you know, Robin Steele. And I, and I say that, you know, always source and, and cite somebody that may have inspired you to write that. But you can take someone else's idea and expand upon it or rewrite it. And you can use AI for those purposes as well to help you to come up with a broader message. But then just like David Carruthers does, push record and stand in front of a camera and recite what you learned. Here's two things that I learned today. I read an article by, you know, Hal Hawk, and we talked about XYZ, or he talked about XYZ in his, in his article. This is what my take on it is. You know, it doesn't have to be difficult. I, I think the point about making everything, you know, everything doesn't have to be brilliant and like revolutionary that you're 
that you're out there posting, I think is key. I think that's probably where a lot of people get hung up is they think that, you know, I've got to come out with something that's, you know, super unique and captivating every single time I, I post something. And I, I think your point about just kind of being in front of people is the part that's more important. Yeah. And I think that people also want to craft a sales approach and a sales message. And that's unfortunate that, you know, corporations and even, you know, organizations to this day, that's the only message that you want to put out is how great you are. You know, share things that you might've messed up in the past, share things that you, you know, lessons learned, share, you know, where you didn't get it right or share, you know, that you don't know everything, but you're learning share everything about your brand because it's not all roses and sometimes things are hard in business and i think that you know your folks that are paying attention appreciate that more than anything being authentic and being yourself versus always trying to be so perfect life's not perfect yeah i think the other thing too is there's a lot like i always question i mean i'm sure other people think the same way why is coke advertising why is Pepsi advertising down here? Why does Publix even advertise? We're going to go there regardless. I'm going to drink Coke Zero regardless. So why do they spend all of this like crazy money doing Super Bowl ads and everything else? And, you know, I think the one place to me, the brands that are always going to be the most successful, and this is specifically true in digital and social are the brands that are willing to humanize themselves, right? You've got to bring it down to where people can relate to it. And, you know, I'm a big sucker and sap for the Christmas and holiday commercials at Publix. That'll get the waterworks going every time. And the same thing, like when they do their military homecoming stuff, you know, that's going to get me every time. But it also is something that gets an emotional reaction. It makes me want to support that brand because it's like, wow, look at all the good stuff they're doing. Or man, that Thanksgiving commercial really got me in the heels as my kids are getting older and will start leaving and all of that. Well, it's so, relatable. People don't relate with the entity. They relate with your story. And you that's just made, you just made my point that that's what the insurance industry really needs to be able to do. And I'm not talking about just agents. I'm talking about the product that agents use. Like when, when have you ever seen like a really good humanizing campaign? You don't see one. We get print advertisement for the most part. Some of them have podcasts, so I'll give them that. But at the end of the day, you know, especially with technology providers, I think many times it's more of an if uh, us versus them type thing. You know, when you hear how agents talk about how some of their vendor partners engage with them about canceling their service or you know what the contracts look like that they have to sign it's just like a very adversarial kind of relationship for no reason which is weird considering you're wanting to do business together and you know look part of that's on the agent's plate you know agents write contracts of adhesion every day but they're the last ones who want to stick to one right so I'm not I'm not throwing off on, you know, Vertifor or Applied or anybody else for having very rigid contract language. They should. That's part of their job. And I mean, we're in insurance and risk management. We should understand what contractual risk transfer looks like. So, you know, if you don't like it, don't sign it to begin with. But once you do stick with it. But it just I feel like there's so much that could be done to humanize a lot of what we do 
and it doesn't all need to be negative. You know, there's you'd be hard pressed to find an overall more charitable group in their communities than independent agents. Yet I don't ever see like very, very rarely do you see it. And I think part of that has to do with the fact there's a fine line between sharing good things you're doing and exploiting those good things to get a marketing message out. Really good agencies do it very, very well. Chris Paradiso's agency, probably the best in the country for that, in my opinion, right? You're going to know when they're giving away bikes. You're going to know when they're doing reverse trick-or-treat to the cancer patients at the children's hospital. You're going to know all of these different things. And it's not something that I feel like Chris is in your face saying, hey, look what we do. It's more your dollars coming into our agency. This is what we're able to give back to the community that you're in. And people people want that, right? We were just talking before we started recording with you. We recorded an episode with Carson and Bob Seville from Seville Public Entity, also Georgia people. And, you know, he was talking about the fact that many times you've got a local agents that have an in with a local public entity, but then you also have the various pools in different states for public entity. And one of my questions is why would somebody, how would, how would you sell against the pool or why would something, you, you know, what would be the attraction to go into the pool or whatever else? But he made the point when we were talking that people, you know, want to do business with the local agent because that money goes back into the local community as opposed to if you do money with a state pool, it's going to go more outside of your local geography, right? Right. Right. And I agree. You know, when you're talking about stories, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be all about touting what you've done. I'm sure that Chris Paradiso is the best at it because he's so good at so many things. But but for him, he's probably also bringing you along on the ride as he's gathering funds for that charity or he's promoting. I know his sister is um, mentally challenged and is very in involved in um, Special Olympics. And so he's probably sharing with you the awesome things that she's been able to accomplish because of Special Olympics. And so, you know, if you're just wanting to say, hey, we gave a big check once a year, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about bring your audience along for the ride. What do you do on a weekly basis? Do you go to, you know, your local Kiwanis club? Are you involved with them? Why are you involved with them? What is your participation? Did you meet anybody that's interesting? Write about that. Share their story. Put the spotlight on others. And automatically, when you do that, the spotlight always comes back to you because you're, again, making those connections. And that's where I feel that people miss that boat, is that they all they always try to kind of shine the light on themselves. And if you stop for a minute to start and shine the light on the organizations that you're involved with or that you're um, coming in contact with in your community or that you feel strongly about, then by just being active, people are going to start to wonder, wow, who is this guy? He's everywhere. He's connected. It's like the reels on TikTok or Instagram. You see people walking up to homeless people, like, you know, giving them a sandwich and like recording it, like selfie. It's just like, it's like, come on, man. Like, like your boy greatness. Yeah. I, I don't know who that is, but. You need to I check mean, him out. It's exactly who you're talking about. It's you need to check him out on TikTok. It's cringe, man. It's like, it come is. on. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a I way, wanna, there's I a way to see that guy. No, there's a way to do that stuff. And then that's, that's really what I was saying. You know, 
it's a fine line because you really have to have it dialed in. And I honestly believe that if your heart's in the right place, it's going to be very evident in your marketing message because you're going to go, you're going to be drawn toward where your heart is. And what I can tell you is people want that in your messaging. People want to know more about what you feel and what you believe as opposed to what you can do for them or what they can do for you. And that's evidenced because you know, there are times where I will make posts about Ethan and something he's done that just blew my mind. And you probably remember this, but, the, you know, one of the one of the most far reaching posts I've done in 20 years of any type of digital marketing activity was the one that was just a very quick, impromptu shot that my wife got of him wearing my backpack blower that was way too big for him that he somehow went in and sat down on the ground and figured out how to get on his back. And he was coming out. Nobody was telling him he couldn't blow the driveway and he wasn't going to use the little handheld that we gave him. He knew we were cutting the grass. He, that thing. It might turn him into a jet. It might be a jet pack. He might be. Yeah, well, that, exactly. That's what, that's what I told Andrea, but I put it up there and I put the messaging behind it, which was 100% what my thoughts were. Here's a kid who has every excuse in the world to not be doing this. And he is not taking, he's not going to take no for an answer. And this is what he did. And we all can learn from this. So I put it out there. That thing got over 1.5 million views on LinkedIn. And it had yeah. nothing to had do, nothing with, to do with business. Nothing at all. Yeah. But That's it was exactly the message. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right. But if I would have done that post specifically to try and get 1.5 million views by featuring my son, it's a whole different animal at that point. So it's not going to be viral. In fact, you're probably going to lose followers and have people be turned off about you personally or your brand because it's a forced effort. And it, it's not, you know, that's what I tell people, you know, when Troy was sitting in our house last night, he's like, my gosh, man, he goes, it's, it's literally everything I would have expected based on what I've seen following you on social media. He said, it's literally no different at all. And I told him I can only be one guy, man. Right. And, and, but that's the beauty of it, you know, and, and when I go back to looking at your post, you know, you talk about your different organizations that you belong to and are affiliated with. You share stories about your personal um, challenges with your child. You share stories about travel. You share stories about, you know, um, what exciting things you're doing and what you're planning to do in the future. Um, you know, you're, you might mention that you're writing a book, but you mention it from the perspective of, I want to help other agents. It's not, it shouldn't be about you. It should be about what you're trying to accomplish for others. And that's what I, I truly feel that some brands have a disconnect and that it's always about what they want people to see and understand about them. And it, I feel that if they just kind of turn that focus to be about their client base, about who they're trying to reach, share their stories, how has working with a carrier helped this individual and what did it do for them? You know, if you're an insurance agent and you had someone who you provided coverage have a loss, what happened and how did they feel after that loss? And were they just privileged that you had taken the time to give them the proper coverage? You know, those are the things that if you just kind of step back and look at who do you want your organization to represent? 
And what do you want it to represent? It's not rocket science. It's yeah. really just kind of um, changing it up. And yes, you can tell who you are as a company every once in a while, but it's more fun to share other people's stories and what they think about you, right? That's true. And the other thing is, it's just really so important for you to be able to talk in your own voice. And that's my biggest concern with all of the AI and chat GPT. I think at some point, it is going to be so dialed in that you're going to be able to upload samples of your blog posts, and it is going to be able to write in your voice. I feel like we will get there at some point, but it is going to require a lot before we get there. And I will never, ever abandon my belief that you should write your own content, okay? I think you can use ChatGPT as a framework, right? And so what I've been telling people who ask me my thoughts is, number one, go and get a list of of things you can talk about about something specific like what are the top 10 osha citations for precision machine shops right now give me a list of those osha osha violations and then you can drill down further and say give me an idea for blog post titles for a blog post written about hazardous communication in manufacturing concerns and it'll give you some titles and then Take it one step further and say, what are three or four bullet points I need to make sure I cover and let it feed you that. Now you basically have your outline. Go write it. It doesn't need to write the whole thing for you. The problem is, yeah. and people don't understand the power, you know, they're, you're building your relationship in the digital world way more than you realize, unless you're somebody who's really studied this, you don't realize. I mean, look, I'm going to make this, a little bit weird for about two seconds. But if you look at it from this perspective, one of the biggest things that scares me about being the parent of kids that are teenagers or moving into being a teenager is we have removed dating from the entire process, right? We Dating does not exist as it used to exist. There used to be an initial, you know, hey, I like this person. This person likes me. Let's go out with a couple of our friends. And then it turned into... There would be a period where you you would date a little bit and you know you were sweaty palms hadn't even held hands the first time and you worked your way up and what social media has done is it's removed all of that because you're interacting with people on Snapchat, uh, TikTok, whatever and you're building the emotional connection in a digital environment so you're completely removing all of that courtship that happens in person and when you get kids together, they're doing things that I'm not really an advocate for because they have such a strong connection, right? That's proven fact. Like, there's nobody that's going to argue that. It happens every single day in high schools all over the country. It's the same thing with the content that you're putting out. You're building that relationship and that emotional connection. And every piece of content is another deposit into that relationship with that person so that when they're ready to make the decision and move forward, they're going to reach out. And what are they going to do when they reach out And the voice is not ChatGPT? It's actually an individual. And then it's an individual that maybe they don't like as much as the voice of whoever wrote that. It's a really weird scenario, but... There are so many times, you know, that I've had clients where we've written some level of content and pushed it out to social and they only want to deal with the person who wrote the article. And it's because of that. You also have instant credibility because people read your stuff. And if 
you know, it makes sense and you you know what you're talking about and they can see that you know what you're talking about, then you're going to they're going to make the buying decision before you they ever reach out to you. They've already bought from you before they make the call. Yeah, it's no different than, you know, years ago. Things haven't changed in sales. Sales is a relationship. Sales, you know, drip marketing it, back in the day when I was first starting out in marketing, you know, you dripped, you dripped little messages to people. And then eventually, if and when they were ready to make that buying purchase, they would think of you. It's no different. It's the, the delivery method has changed, right? So you're in front of them every day. You have the opportunity to, to get them on your side or against you every single day. But again, it doesn't have to be you know, I'm the greatest insurance agent in the world, or I'm the greatest marketer in the world. You just want to share with them who you are as a person, who you stand for, what you stand for, what your message is, and what you want to do with your life, and why you feel that things are are the way that they are, and what you feel like is important to you. And if you can connect, you're not going to connect with everybody. That's another thing that's a misnomer. When people get nervous about putting stuff out online, they're like, ooh, but if I say this, I might alienate this one small little percentage of my potential market. Well, really, were they market for you? If, they, if they're going to criticize you on, on social about something that you feel strongly about, maybe they're not your market. Hone in and, and lock arms with the people that really get you and get what you're trying to accomplish and understand your business and your brand. And you'll get so much more business, even out of a smaller pool that you really connect with, than you will trying to you know, throw your net and catch everyone and be perfect in front of everybody at all times. Just be real. And I feel that you know, that's, it's a challenge. And, and what, going back to what you're talking about with AI, I love the fact that you mentioned, you know, all the things that you can come up with. It, it's like when Answer the Public, are you familiar with that site? It's been out for years and years and years, but Answer the Public kind of had that where you go in and you say, okay, I want to write about something. Help me come up with the topic. That's no different. Chat GPT, that's what I feel that those AI writers, it, it, they help you come up with subject lines. They help you come up with, you know, things that are going to resonate from a search engine optimization perspective, but they can you can come up with the main topic and then you can hone in and really niche in. And the beauty is, is that you start out with something that's pretty kind of generic and wide. And then the next piece of content, you can hone in on one particular area and then you can share something even more. And it becomes then now a series. So it just makes life a little easier to come up with ideas. But again, you do want that to be from your own voice. Even if you're helping you know, come up with the best way to say something. You can use AI for that, but don't let it totally replace your personality and your message. So here's my question. We've been going almost an hour. I want to be respectful of your time. And we've got another guy in the bullpen warming up, ready for us to get him at three. I'm a newer agent or I'm an agency principal who's been reluctant to do any type of digital or specifically content-based marketing. What's a piece of advice you're going to give them how to start? Like, what's the first thing they need to be doing? One platform, one. And I would suggest, you know, most, the easiest way to start is to either, if you're going after, let's just say your personal lines agent, pick Facebook, you know, go on Facebook and you want to you know want to pick one platform and you want to be consistent and you want to create content at least i would say 
every other day, you want to be putting something out. And it can be a personal message. It can be about, you know, um, industry events. You can share what you learn, what you learn every day. You can share a new piece of technology that you tried out and you failed miserably at. Just share something. What I can not stress enough, though, is share who your team is. Share their stories. Who are the people that you're investing your money in? If you've got great team members and you feel strongly that, you know, you hired a great person and that you brought them into your family and you're teaching them everything about your business, why would you not want to promote them and share the spotlight on them? And so you want to, you know, be touting your employees. You want to just try to become active. And then once you become active, even if it's just social posts, then you can kind of expand and you can start doing video marketing and you can start doing, you know, interviews in your community. Talk to your clients, talk to people that you, you know, volunteer with. If it's your church that's important to you, start talking to people that you may know from church that own businesses. Doesn't all have to be about you. And if you need help, reach out to other people whether it be me or other, there's others out in the industry that would be more than happy to give you advice and so to help you along you? the process. Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn, um, of course, Stacy King, or they can just email me sk at stacyking.co, S-T-A-C-I-E-K-I-N-G.co. I'm sure. always happy to volunteer my time to answer questions or give advice or just pop on a pop on a meeting, stacyking.me. You can book some time on my calendar and I'll answer any questions that anybody has. Cool. That's actually what I was going to say is you got to make sure they know it's IE and not EY or Y. It's ACS. My mother wanted it to be a little unique. That's all right. Nothing wrong with that. All good. Well, listen, I appreciate you spending time with us today. This episode was a long time coming. And just really appreciate your friendship and your transparency and all that you're doing. And I really hope that, you know, you continue to have a lot of success with what you're doing out there and that people realize that you're a great resource for them and they reach out and they ask questions and hopefully it leads to opportunities for you to interact at a deeper level. So I really appreciate you taking time to share your story. And I know that everybody listening does as well. And with that, we are going to wrap this one up. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time. See ya. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com. <laughs>